NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Waylon Wong. Darian, when was the last time you went to the bank in person? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm, it's a matter of years, I gotta say, yeah. It's not that long for me, but it's definitely a rare errand these days. You know, I barely even go to the ATM anymore because I don't use a lot of cash. And then on the rare occasions, I get a paper check. You know, every once in a while that happens. I can deposit it through my bank's mobile app. That's what I do too. And banking in America has gotten increasingly digital. Uh, And a lot of people, including a couple of members of the Indicator staff, we learned, have their money in banks that are online only. These banks don't actually have physical branches at all. These kinds of digital banks are called neobanks. And neobanks are all over the world. But there's one country where they really are blossoming, and that's Mexico. There is a large number of adults there who don't have any kind of bank account. A lot of them are young and tech-savvy, plus Mexico is home to a lot of startups. All of these factors mean that tech companies in Mexico see an opportunity. They want customers to leapfrog over that analog phase of banking and go straight to opening their very first bank account with an online-only bank. Today on the show, we head to Mexico to see why it's become such fertile ground for the next generation of banks. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com slash indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com slash NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics. With vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician-curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics, now on Amazon. When Raquel Ramirez left California for Mexico City in 2020, she thought she would just stay a month. But that turned into two months and then three. Raquel decided to stay. And part of making Mexico City her new home was opening a local bank account. We spoke to her over a fairly patchy Zoom call. I went to like two or three different banks and they didn't want to sign me up because we have um, an address here yet. Raquel was staying at an Airbnb. She hadn't gotten her own apartment yet. And she has Mexican citizenship, but the banks were still really picky about her documentation. On top of that, Raquel's Spanish at the time wasn't quite at the level of dealing with all this bureaucracy. She actually had to bring in her Airbnb host to help her. Oh, that's really nice. (laughs) That was really nice. I'm like, if I didn't have that, like, what would I have done? And then about a year ago, Raquel tried to open another account, this time with an online bank. And that was an instant success. She uploaded a photo of her ID through their mobile app, and they sent her a debit card in the mail. Easy peasy. And she was kind of floored at how simple it all was. I was really surprised, and I was like, wow, this is is pretty great. 
The contrast between her two banking experiences points to an opportunity that entrepreneurs are seizing in Mexico. There are more than a dozen neobanks operating in the country. These are fully digital banks that don't have physical branches or ATMs, but offer services like savings accounts and credit cards. And by one estimate, in the last few years, the number of customers using neobanks has tripled. These neobanks are trying to sign up people that have never put their money in a traditional bank. As of 2021, about half of Mexican adults didn't have a bank account. Compare that with the U.S., where less than 5% of households are considered unbanked. Now, there's a number of reasons for this aversion to banking. Some of it is a lack of trust in the traditional banking system. Then there are many parts of the country where people don't live near a bank. For other people, they might not have enough money to put in a savings account or they can't afford the fees. But more than 70% of Mexican adults have access to a smartphone, and a lot of them are young people under the age of 25. Andres Fontal is the co-founder and managing partner of Finavista, a firm that invests in startups specializing in fintech. That's financial technology for short. Their expectation for banking is that that experience resemble TikTok or Netflix or Spotify more than it resembles what our parents are used to doing, which is going to a branch, getting in line, depositing a check, or going to an ATM to withdraw their money. There are no lines at neobanks. Their services, whether it's a savings account or transferring money to other accounts, are offered through mobile apps and websites. A key way that neobanks generate revenue is through the fees that businesses pay when customers use their debit cards for purchases. And neobanks are able to keep their overhead costs low since they don't have physical locations. Andres says he and his business partner realized the potential for fintech in Latin America when they visited Mexico a decade ago. They found a lot of entrepreneurs with ideas, but not a lot of infrastructure like venture capital investors or incubator programs. This is where startup founders get money and mentorship. Plus, there was another challenge. When we first landed in Mexico in 2014, nobody wanted to touch fintech with a 10-foot pole. Andres says that investors were hesitant to put their money into new companies that would be operating in this regulatory gray area. It wasn't clear how the government would view these startups that were doing crowdfunding, peer-to-peer lending, or digital payments. Should they follow the same rules as traditional banks, or were they something different? And then a couple years after Andres set up his investment firm in Mexico, lawmakers started crafting legislation that would lay out regulations for fintech companies. They asked for input from members of the tech industry, people like Andres. One of the key principles that that I approached this exercise with was the understanding that we're playing with people's money. Yes, we all love building and breaking things, but you have to find that balance when you're talking about people's savings. Mexico's fintech law took effect in 2018, and Andres is not thrilled about how the law turned out. While he was giving feedback, he was worried that the government might interfere too much with his approach to building and maybe occasionally breaking things. Startups do not need to be regulated in exactly the same way as billion-dollar banks. The systemic risk that they expose an economy to is not the same. But the law was a pivotal moment for the industry because it established some important rules for fintech companies. For example, any company that now wants to offer savings products has to get a license from the country's banking regulator. 
Andres says that right now it can take anywhere from a year to three years to get that license. That's a long time for a young company that needs to prove its business model and grow fast. So some of the more deep-pocketed neobanks have found a workaround. They've acquired other companies that have already had banking licenses in Mexico. You either have to have a lot of capital or you have to have a lot of patience. But this growth in neobanks in Mexico has caught the attention of traditional banks who are now offering more online services or even launching their own neobanks. And the big established players do have some advantages over the startups. They have more products that help customers build credit and their deposits are backstopped by the government, similar to deposit insurance in the U.S. Not all neobanks come with that guarantee. Andres says that Mexican neobanks have a market share of 5 to 10%. That share is split up between more than a dozen companies, making for a fragmented market. Andres says that he expects some of the established banks will acquire neobanks. Bigger startups could acquire smaller ones too. And as is usually the case with tech companies, not all the new players will survive. But Andres says that with the Mexican fintech law in place, there should at least be an orderly process for shutting down those companies. Unfortunately, some will disappear. You know, not all startups are successful. They'll have to fold and close. And that's kind of the rule of venture capital. There will be a lot of failures, whether you're in Silicon Valley or Mexico City. But there'll be a couple unicorns in there, too, if you're lucky. Special thanks to Sierra Juarez, who also fact-checked this piece. This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin and engineered by Catherine Silva. It was edited by Patty Hirsch. Viet Le is our senior producer, Kicking Cannon is our editor, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath Learning Format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.